Good Monday morning. It is the start. Mackling and McGarry. McGarry off this week. Loren McNabb in for Brett all week. And Loren, Sarah McCarthy also here. So we still have three M's happening here. But Sarah, as we take a look out the window from 30 floors above, it looks like it's clearing a tiny bit, but lots of snow in the overnight overnight hours. Anticipating some cancellations today? I think we... Probably are. Uh, I've said to you this morning, I think I was the first to blaze the trail on Main Street as I was driving in this morning. And yeah, I mean, there's still that snowfall warning too for parts of Westman and Northwestern Manitoba, Dauphin, Swan River, that sort of area. So we'll see what happens. All right. Don't hesitate to let us know if there are things we need to pass pass along beyond the top and the bottom of the hour. Loren, uh, you made the wise choice, I would say, to work from home today. Yeah. Well, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I'm trying to pretend like I'm going to get it on a normal sleep schedule someday and that's okay, never sure. going to happen, but you, you know, so. that's the first, that's the first indication of, of normal life, I think. But no, um, it's also was going to be nasty on, on the roads this morning. So I'd love to know what people are seeing. And I have said to the kids, I vowed that there will no be no snow day today. So I'm waiting for the next 20 minutes to see if mom is right or they will prove me wrong. But I think the issue is going to be the combo effect in this part of the province. We're going to bring on Environment Canada in about uh, 10 minutes time just to give you the latest. But it's going to be the combo, I think, of that rain slash snow out there because we don't have a ton. I'd say a couple centimeters maybe out on the deck from what it looked like. And Moose was in and out lickety split this morning, a little bit confused by the return of winter. But uh We'll see. We'll see what it brings. Yeah, that dog barometer is always good. <laughs> Neither one of mine wanted to go out this morning. It's like, sorry, friends, but uh, winter is back. And uh, I think it's as much the wind today that's going to be the issue as the snow. Wind right now to the southeast, 40, gusting to 57 at the airport. Feels like minus 14, minus 5 uh, at the airport and here in downtown Winnipeg. Of course, Uh, One of the big conversations we'll be having uh, this morning on the start and throughout the day began on Friday. Chris Johnson of the Athletics sat down for a a frank, a a one-on-one conversation with co-owner, governor of the Winnipeg Jets, Mark Chipman. And the comments made by Chipman and published in that article have uh, some feathers ruffled, some people... In a lather, I would suggest, Loren and others saying this is not new information, what Mark Chipman shared with regard to what's acceptable or what's necessary in order for the Jets to compete in the National Hockey League when it comes to attendance. Listen, we've known since the Jets return. It was said by Gary Bettman, the commissioner. It was said by Jets ownership back then that we need to fill those seats, right? We need to fill those seats to make this a go. And, you know, the quote that's standing out from that article is the one that's been discussed for days now is the fact that if they stay at the attendance that they're at, that, quote, it's not going to work over the long haul. I don't think that's new. It's just that the idea of what does long haul mean? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to the corporate community that needs to buy in? What's that mean to fans that need to buy in? And more than that, we're waiting for Gary Batman to come to Winnipeg tomorrow. He's visiting the uh, team. The club is going to address the media, we believe, around 5 p.m. And what we haven't heard from is is Mark Chipman himself in terms of him speaking to uh, local media or really even just addressing the fans, Greg. And so those are some interviews we're waiting to happen, not just to speak to the commissioner, but to Chipman himself on, on what does he mean by that? What's the timeline they're talking about? And is it is it feel like a threat to you or is it just the common sense? Common sense would be that they need to do more, sell more, get more. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a threat to me. As I say, this is something from the get-go, as you said it. 
It was in that very first uh, media conference, the the announcement that we'd been waiting, many of us waiting uh, over a decade for, the return of the NHL to Winnipeg. And I don't, I, you know, there are lots of things. And, and Mark Chipman admits in this article that there are some things, plenty of things, that the Winnipeg Jets have done to alienate part of its very supportive fan base. I did the math, Loren, that if you discount the... You know, the 22 or 23 home games the Jets have had thus far this year. And the last 10 games, actually, the attendance has been pretty good. So we're talking about, let's let's just suggest we're talking about maybe 15 games here. Outside of this season, the Winnipeg Jets have sold, or Winnipeg Jets, I'm going to put it this way. Winnipeg Jets fans and or businesses have purchased 98.7% of all the tickets available to National Hockey League games in the last 13 years. So that is support at an upper echelon, not at sure. the bottom of the league. Now, is it trending in the wrong direction? Yes, there's been a blip. Are there reasons for that? Yes, they're all. We'll get into those a little bit. And the Jets have finally recognized that that they have been taking much of their fan base for granted, and they're looking to shift their focus in the way they do business. I, I think in some ways, when you look at that, number that you just outlined there, Greg, that we should be applauded. Fans should be applauded. You know, when you look to other markets, I understand that you need to have that strong corporate base so that they know that they always have that foundation, right, to sit on, that they're always going to have X number of season tickets sold, and therefore they don't have to stress about the walk-ups each and every game. I understand that that makes good economic sense, but when you just look at the fan base that's returned over and over again by the thousands yep. on a whim... Each and every night, some nights, right? Like, you know what I'm going to do tonight? Yeah, I'm going to go to a game. That doesn't happen. That does not happen in any other markets. And so I think in many ways, the fans need to be applauded, but then they need to be spoken to, talked to, addressed, and made to feel like they should be applauded. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, uh, the other side of this, uh, you know, or or also part of the conversation, right, from the get-go, you know, when the Jets left in 1996, there was zero cost certainty within the National Hockey League, and that was the problem. There was no salary cap. Well, there's a salary cap now. So the Jets have cost certainty, but what they've also said they need is revenue certainty in order to sign the Connor Hellebucks and the Mark Shifleys to these long-term contracts in order to spend to the cap as they've done for the better part of a decade. It's a time of the morning where we get together. Cam Poitras is here. Sarah McCarthy typically joins us in this segment as well. She's out answering phones and emails as we have some cancellations, some school closures. She's gathering up that list. She'll present that for you coming up in about eight minutes' time. Global News at the top of the hour. Jeff Forche, Greg Mackling, and Loren McNabb. And Loren, we want to talk about the return of a legendary retailer to the Canadian landscape. Yeah, so this first started in Ontario, and we expect to see changes to at least one store in Winnipeg by the end of this month, so maybe within the next couple of days. And that's the idea that Toys R Us is adding and, and using some of its space and some of its locations to bring back an HMV of sorts. So an opportunity to maybe buy some CDs, some DVDs, and some records. And that had us wondering, hey, why? What would be the allure of that for people? Do you even have a DVD player? or a CD player at home, or the five-disc change I used to have my old Volkswagen? Or are there things out there that you wish would come back, like the DVDs of the world, like the CDs that you miss, the, the things that you're nostalgic for that you would legitimately give a go if they were to return to the marketplace? All right, Cam Poitras. 
What do you think? What uh, jumps to mind for you? Well, DVDs, first first and foremost. Um, the streaming services are becoming – I remember when the Netflix came out, it had literally everything on it. They had like – well, they were they were running a monopoly on the entire streaming service. So it was like I didn't stop buying DVDs because why would I need them? Everything is on Netflix. Or if it wasn't on there, it will be there in a month. Um, that's not the case anymore. Uh, routinely, you shift through all these streaming services and stuff like that, which – you know, are increasingly costing more, uh, and there's like 12 of them now. And um, I I want to go back to buying DVDs. If I really love a movie and it's something I I, I know that I'm going to want to come back and watch and uh, over the years, I'm I'm going to start buying the, the Blu-ray again uh, because there's it's so many times. I'm like, man, I really want to watch this movie right now, and then it's just not available anywhere. Yeah, it's nice to have that physical copy. I was listening to something this morning about how some of these things that we, you know, that we have in the cloud, some of these games that we play online where we don't have the physical game, mm. they might just disappear Why? Uh, eventually, right? Uh, some of these different things. Just have a couple minutes here. Jeff Forche, what was, about you? I was going to say movie stores, like where you go and rent movies. Because there was, back in the day, it was just that great feeling of a Friday night You'd go out, rent a movie, and you'd be in the store for a good half hour trying to look at all your options. And then you'd pick up a, a movie, and then you'd go pick up a pizza, and then you'd go to 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee. And that was your Friday night. And it, just the nostalgia of it, just, I, I, I would love to have that. Back. Yeah, unfortunately. And you committed to it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you had to watch it because you felt like you paid for it versus if you choose something on your streaming service, you're like, that sucks. Whereas you you watch that whole <laughs> terrible film. Oh, you'd, you watch, you'd watch it. it two or three times during that weekend. <laughs> you'd invite your friends over. You'd tell them, oh, yeah, I got it at the house. We rent. My dad rented it. Your friends would be over and you'd watch it again. That's right. Rated R. Did people have the machines <laughs> to play? Like, what? I wouldn't be able to play a DVD right now. Really? Or is, yeah. Like, what would I, like, I, maybe well, my, the Xbox? My, can the Xbox? That's yeah, what oh, you yeah. got for throwing everything away. Yeah, no, my, my 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 DVDs, I got PlayStation, so I can run them on there. What about you, Loren? Also, what I watch Lord of the Rings 12 times a year. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I actually, I, I think I, I think I miss the, um, the date night of the blockbuster, the HMV. The DVD for me so much is not what I miss. I, I kind of still like the, the picking of the CD. It feels like there's just, I almost feel overwhelmed by the choices that are out there right now and the things that I don't know, you know, like I just like the old school listening to the radio station or loading up one single CD in the car and you have to stick with it. Like my DVD, my uh, CD changer used to be in the trunk. Yeah, mine so once too. You, mine once you too. loaded it up like yes. on a road trip, yep. you were committed. Yeah. You gotta, and I missed that little vinyl wrap, you know, where you'd open up that CD holder and it had all your little pockets for your CDs and you'd comb through it and you'd discuss with your friends, like, what are we going to put in this thing before we hit the road to play? And on that note, I also miss old school photo albums. Oh, good with call. The, with, the, with the peel back, you know, where you'd <laughs> stick the photo and you peel that like plastic back because my photos just live on my phone. Like I miss going to someone's house and just flipping through a photo album. All I right. know you can still make them. I get it. But you can. I, I need them. We only have a few minutes with you, Richard. This this segment is one of our shortest of the morning, but we do have more or less our larger lish, largest listenership of the morning in this segment, which is why we wanted to bring you in here. Friday, the, in The Athletic, Mark Chipman, a 
conversation he had with Chris Johnston, outstanding journalist, sports journalist, raising the ire, raising some questions, raising eyebrows. The headline, Winnipeg Jet ownership sounds alarm on attendance, quote unquote, not going to work over the long haul. I think we know this, but people are upset that this message was delivered in a national, you could argue, international forum versus the reiteration are, that we are, that we heard last summer are, from are ownership. people upset or are local journalists with egos upset? No, I think I think fans right. are bothered um, by it, I, I, and I think it goes back to the history of this organization and the history of Jets 1.0 and the work to get Jets 2.0 up, running, and sustainable. And in that, I don't think Mark Chipman wants to go through the hand wringing, the gut wrenching situation that we had a generation ago and uh he has tried the soft sell certainly when we were talking with him before the season and in the beginning of the season when um there were lots of bums knots in the seats he said listen we're going back to the business community and we're making our case and clearly that has not succeeded and so now from New York and Toronto and Gary Bettman will come to town and essentially said and say to us what he said to us in 2011. The best way for our fans here in Winnipeg to celebrate the opportunity is to buy season tickets. Selling season tickets, selling 13,000 season tickets is the best message to send to the NHL Board of Governors. And he went on to say, frankly, this does not work unless this arena is sold out every night. And so um, while there's been better attendance in the last several months and some sellouts, you need that cost certainty. This is not a charity case. This is a business. It is owned by a millionaire and backed by a billionaire. But this is not a charity case. And the deal that we struck to bring the Jets back in this community, whether we like it or not, mm-hmm. was that we would support this team through thick and through thin. And yes, a lot of us got together and in groups bought season's tickets, and they didn't get what they wanted to get out of the business community. But you remember when this all started and how all the advertising dollars went into True North, and that kind of has relaxed over the years. So... To answer your question about The Athletic, it's a whole lot easier to have that conversation with somebody not from here. And then Gary Bettman's going to come into the city tomorrow and wag that finger like he is so very good at doing. And it's going to offend some Winnipeggers, but I'll tell you right now over the weekend, and in my group, when I joined my group, I was number six for four seasons tickets. I worked my way because of others dropping out to number two. Mm-hmm. Last year, we went from four tickets to two tickets. On the weekend, the decision was made. We're going back up to four. And um, I don't have a whole lot of disposable income, but there are other people in that group that do, that decided, you know what, we're not going to lose this team a second time. So those are the conversations going on right now. And so when Gary Bettman comes to town tomorrow and holds the meetings with various levels of government and various stakeholders on this, there is going to be that wagging finger, I told you so, and hopefully in the weeks ahead, there'll be enough movement 
that it'll prove to True North that we are engaged. And Do we're we gonna... need Gary Bettman to say that to us? Um, you think yeah. it would be the opposite, like getting him to, him coming to town and saying that? I, I I wonder if that has the effect, the desired effect, given you know the distaste right. people might have. And, and there's going to be some backlash on this, but again, the, the message is aimed at some business owners, some who have already stepped up, some that have not stepped down, but others that need to come forward. And I would I would also hazard that the rest of us have to come forward on this. But this is not just about 13,000 season tickets. It's gone below, you know, that 9,500 threshold and needs to get back up to 13,000. But it's also government partners in this. Um, back in 2011, this deal was uh, sweetened uh, through VLTs at the Shark Club. Well, VLTs are so 15 years ago in so many ways. Now it's about betting platforms, those types of things. So, you know, I think Bettman coming to town has its risks, of course, as you say, Loren. But in the end, this is about getting bums in the seats and the soft sell hasn't worked. And Mark Chipman is the last person that wants to have this community go through that gut-wrenching exercise that we went through because he was there too. He was on the sidelines trying to make a difference stepped up. He was at the table. Well, he stepped up, but there were other people at the time that, you know, the economics of the league back then didn't work. It can work here, but we just have to, there there was that that deal that we made with the NHL, Winnipeg made, 13,000 season tickets. It's up to us. With 9,500 or so season tickets, I'm going to flip this a little bit. And to see the attendance turn around the way it has over the last several you weeks. You need money in the bank through season tickets. Understood. But Winnipeg Jets fans are stepping up. And yes, they've the never sold more walk-up tickets than they have. They've never had to. And people are responding to this big time. Well, and what the Jets are saying, 13,000 season tickets. We're inviting you to cjob.com to vote on our question of the day. It's been two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. 29,000 Ukrainians have come to Manitoba since 2022. Have you worked to help any new Canadians in recent years? Uh, 23% of you say, yes, I have. Question of the day brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. Loren McNabb, Greg Mackling with you. And Loren, I suspect our next question of the day might have to do with the Winnipeg Jets and the situation that's been circling and, and maybe a point of contention, concern for ownership for going on two years now as the season ticket base has dropped from really a maximum number of just over 13,000 to now we understand it to be just under 9,500. We'll discuss that a little bit more, your reaction in just a moment, but people are not uh, necessarily only worried about the future of the National Hockey League team here in Winnipeg. People not happy with the lack of snow clearing this morning. Yeah, it seems to be that outside city limits, people have seen those plows out, but they're questioning if there have been enough equipment out there inside city limits. One of our listeners saying, I drove down Pemina from the perimeter to McGillivray. 
I didn't see any plows on the streets, just plows in the parking lots. Traffic is slow. It took at least twice as long as it normally does. Traffic is moving, though. I wonder if plows on the street right now would slow things down more. And here's the question. Should they have been out there earlier? Is it because the forecast was a bit mixed, right? I mean, 24 hours ago, we were talking more about rain and freezing rain for the city. Not this amount of snow. A major plowing operation isn't triggered, Greg, until there's five centimeters or more. I would say in many parts, from our listeners at least, they're saying they got at least five. One of our listeners says in Charleswood, Scott Keeler uh, reporting, he's our meteorologist we often talk to with weather logic says yep. 9.2 centimeters okay. right and so we're seeing that amount it, when did it fall when did we know were we not ready or did we just assume we weren't going to get hit like this okay well and i know you have questions out to the city we're hoping to speak with them find out what's going on maybe the lack of reaction and what is happening now we have at least one text message from one plow operator says that a plow's beginning at nine o'clock once again looking to confirm that with the city of Winnipeg. One of our listeners just said that uh, northbound Pemina just passed the Jubilee underpass. The two median lanes were blocked by a fire truck. There's a crash car just before you get to the lights to turn on to Stafford 204-780-6868, hands-free, as safe as you can. Please uh, let us know is that still there. And we're also giving away Jets tickets for tomorrow night's game against the St. Louis Blues. The Blues coming to town. The Jets winners of their of six of their past seven games as uh, they move back into that conversation for first place overall. Loren, what are we asking folks and what are people saying on the text line? Well, throughout the day, we're going to talk about feeling nostalgic. What are you nostalgic for? And, and it might, you know, be things from your childhood. It might be things that used to exist five years ago and went away. And it started off because we're, we're waiting to see when we might see HMV in some Toys R Us locations. They, they've already moved into some in Southern Ontario. And there's talk that the, there's one location in Winnipeg that by early as the end of this week could see DVDs and CDs and all the rest being sold. You know, as, as parents go in with their kids, maybe something for the parents to have. And so we're asking, what are you nostalgic for? And, uh, one of our listeners sent a photo of what he calls my trusty old, is it Kassar wood grain top loading VCR built like a tank and still going strong after 40 years. Who needs streaming services when all the good movies are already on VHS? (laughs) One of our listeners sent a picture of their uh, uh, DVD VHS wall, hundreds upon hundreds of titles. And Loren, you'll be forgiven. Uh, I think Quasar came and went uh, long before maybe even you were born. They might have been a brand that disappeared uh, in the in the 90s or thereabouts. So uh, that's, a, that's a brand name from the past. I don't know if they're coming back anytime soon, but HMV is. You will see HMV in Toys R Us stores. Which uh, Toys R Us is even left in Winnipeg? Is that a region? Is there only one? I don't even know about how many Toys R Us are left in Winnipeg. Well, there's still one um, on... Was it called Plaza Drive? Off, oh yeah, uh, okay. So on Pem- one there off Pemina. Okay, so there's at least two in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll work to get some answers on that. But we are talking nostalgia throughout the day, and you can win some tickets. So two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. The things you're nostalgic for. And those tickets once again for the Winnipeg Jets and Jets tickets and the sale thereof. A huge topic of conversation. If you thought the discussion was loud since Friday afternoon, just wait until tomorrow when Gary Bettman comes to town. 
and Gary Bettman gives the state of the union, state of the franchise, state of the relationship between the Jets and the National Hockey League. Loren, you know Calgary's been trying to build a new arena. Mm-hmm. For years, going on probably 20 years now. And I was just in Calgary last weekend, and people always talk about whenever Gary Bettman comes to town, he sort of admonishes the business community for not getting that done. So that's part of his role is to get out there and say, hey, Calgary, Winnipeg, we love you, but not at any cost. I guess it's a double standard for Phoenix and uh, surrounding areas where they seem to bend over backwards to do whatever they can to keep a team there. But Mm -hmm. that aside, we've been asking for your text messages, your feedback on this story about the idea that Winnipeg need that, you know, the Jets need to get back to the closer to that 13,000 season ticket mark. It's never been a secret that in order for this team to succeed and not only succeed, but be in a position to challenge for the Stanley Cup, to be in a conversation to spend to that salary cap. Not only do they need that certainty of cost, they also need that certainty of revenue. And so that's what the Jets are looking for. They're gone back to the business community who maybe did not get in on that original fever for Jets season tickets back in 2011. Mark Chipman told us that over the summer, Mm -hmm. that they've been going out to the business community to say, hey, the lowest in any other franchise in Canada, the next lowest amount of percentage of season tickets is 45%. In Winnipeg, it's 15% from the business community. So they're working to, to sell another 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 season tickets to the business community to get that number back up where it needs to be. And people are feeding back. They're giving us their feedback on the text line. All sorts of stuff coming in from folks who say, you know, it's about the ticket prices not being too high. It's also about the the accoutrements, the extras being too high, like your hot dogs and your beers. That's some of the feedback we're getting. But I think, you know, you have to remember that when you go to a game in anywhere in this league, for the most part, that's the cost of, of going to, say, highly paid professionals. So you have to do that. Uh, Denny talks about the idea that no average Joe can afford elite seat prices. And so they're that way people are just ignoring this and, and moving on. And others say, you know, people need to get serious. Get those bums back in the seat. We've been here before. I don't think we're at a threat of losing this team. I don't think that's what this is about. It's about just saying that long term, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, you can't keep going if your season ticket base remains so low, Greg. And then another question some have, well, hang on. How about the Arizona Coyotes with their 5,000 less and the Florida Panthers with their constant empty seats? How come that is never a concern? Is it because there's still the corporate dollars there? Your guess is as good as yeah. mine. I, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I, like th- those teams shouldn't exist, period, based on when, when you look at what happens when you watch any broadcast from the, anytime the Jets go to Arizona. Or Florida, I think to myself, how do these markets still have these teams? Yeah, I guess they have uh, owners who are prepared to continually uh, suffer losses. I don't know how many ownership groups the Coyotes have had since they moved to the desert from Winnipeg. I'm going to guess the uh, at minimum five. I don't know if they're just selling tax deductions down there or what's going on. But here in Winnipeg, this is an issue. And once again, I'll I'll say this till the cows come home. We knew the deal coming in right that was that building needs to be full every night outside of Arizona which is playing in a college arena right now take them out of the equation it's the smallest rink in the league it's the smallest market in the league and yes our tickets are going to be on average maybe a little bit more expensive than some places you might see outside of Winnipeg but that's the way it is and for the most part 
Winnipeg has answered the bell for 12 years, going on 13 years now. Winnipeg has answered the bell. So this isn't about generating or creating something that hasn't happened already. This is about reigniting that and making sure that those ticket sales are sold. Now, Mark Chipman admitted something that people in my circle have been saying for a long time, almost from the get-go. They were really good at taking my money, but they weren't very good at keeping me happy as a customer. And Chipman admitted in that article and that interview with The Athletic, with Chris Johnston, he says, we were good at collecting the sales, not as good at servicing the customer base. They're pivoting. They're working to fix that. I've heard that Mark Chipman is actually making phone calls to former season ticket holders to say, hey, why did you quit your season tickets? And having uh, a discussion with folks like that. Was that ever asked you when you dropped out? Like when we, uh, back then, nobody called to say, Loran, where are you going? Nine years. Because they had somebody else on the list, right? The the list was still long then, but I didn't get a phone call asking me what, why we were leaving. 204-780-6868. Are you a former Jet season ticket holder that never got asked, hey, what happened to you? Why'd you go away? Mackling, McNabb, in for McGarry. Will they or won't they? Well, the answer is they will be coming to Winnipeg, Loren. We're talking Jan Arden and Rick Mercer. This has been a widely popular event right across the country. They're coming to Winnipeg Friday, May 17th, Centennial Concert Hall. So that's, of course, singer-songwriter Jan Arden and comedian and TV personality Rick Mercer hitting the road together for the spring Will They or Won't They tour. It'll feature two of Canada's most notable voices. That's, of course, Jan and Rick Mercer. They're going to be unscripted, unrehearsed. Are they singing? Unrestrained discussion. I think it's more of a fireside chat. <laughs> as we were talking about. Oh, gosh. About. Let's not market those as an ongoing thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this is this has been really popular. They've announced yeah. different dates across the country, and and they always sell out uh, because of you know Rick's personality, and he always sort of cuts to the chase. But he's funny, and she does not mince words. She's Mm-mm. got some great opinions, and and I can only imagine that these two together would be hilarious, but super thought provoking. Do you think they would argue ultimately as much as you and I do? Yes, <laughs> but the arguments usually are rooted in actual a lot of similarities. Oh, that's Usually fair. we work our way around to the idea that we're both saying the same thing. I think you're right. I think you're right. We're just ultimately. coming at it from a different direction, <laughs> and then we like land at the same spot. Will they or won't they? Coming to Winnipeg, Jan Arden, Rick, Rick Mercer, 17th of May. That's a Friday night, by the way, at Centennial Concert Hall. We will give away some tickets for that a little bit later this morning as we wake our way through this Monday. Derek Taylor will join us at 9.35. The Blue Bomber Winter Special, Christian, Derek, DT, Voice of the Blue Bombers, tonight on our air, two hours of Blue Bomber conversation. Just got word in the newsroom uh, from Marissa Turton at Global News uh, Television that Rashid Bailey, it looks like Rashid Bailey, is signed with Toronto Argonauts. Uh, we played a, a little bit of, very, well, it was very emotional. Uh, conversation that and message that Rashid Bailey had for Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans last week. So it, it appears as though Rashid Bailey making his way from the blue and gold for the double blue in Toronto. And Loren, on Friday, a uh, busy day around here. And so I caught up with a couple of longtime acquaintances who were here to visit on Global News Television, speaking of which. And I want to play uh, some of our discussion now because February... 
is, of course, Heart Health Awareness Month. And our awareness of the differences between women's heart health and men's heart health is becoming more apparent. And it's good that we keep talking about this to point that out about what we know, what we understand, and how we do better for our women hearts. Greg, you spoke to individuals who are extremely passionate about getting this message out. Before the 90s, uh, women were excluded from uh, clinical trials, uh, but uh, thankfully since the 90s, um, we see more and more women in clinical trials. And what we learned in the last uh, 90 years is that uh, actually hearts between men and women are uh, the second most uh, different uh, system in our body after the reproductive system. And uh, still we see only one third of the clinical trials that involve uh, women and we need more engagement of women into research. So, that's so a, the voice there, sorry, Greg, is uh, Dr. Rabinovich Nik- Nikitin of the University of Manitoba's uh, researcher and the doctor and advocate, Jackie Ratz. They're, they're working to encourage, and Jackie's a name we've really become familiar with, I think, Greg, over the years in Correct. terms of um, her desire to empower and encourage women to really know their risks. So this manifests itself not only in terms of the research and the therapies and the treatments, but Jackie also in terms of when you present at hospital over the years, sometimes there was just not necessarily an awareness that, oh my gosh, this woman might be having a heart attack. You know, a thing or two about that. I do, but you know, one of the biggest pieces is that we really want to raise awareness before women land in hospital. So getting to know your risks so that you can work out reducing your risk is such an important piece of this. And yes, I mean, we do need to make more more changes and more information needs to be getting to the clinicians' hands in the hospitals and such. But women themselves can do a lot more to prevent heart disease um, from even taking over their lives. As 80% can be prevented. If you know your risk, you can reduce your risk. And I would encourage every woman to be able to go and have a conversation with their doctor, their family doctor, and have a discussion about what is my heart health risk. There are many risk factors that they can control. There are some they can't, but there's a conversation starter that they can download at lifeandhearts.ca. It's free, and um, we would be so thrilled if people, if women started taking their heart health seriously. Give us the top two or three risks that women might have that open some eyes and ears this morning. So people would be surprised to know that pregnancy complications is a big risk for heart disease. Also, uh, risks such as uh, smoking or diabetes or hypertension have more uh, weight on women compared to men. Anything you were aware of in that uh, list of discussion maybe four or five years ago, Loren? I know you've become aware of it over the last several years. Oh, no, it's because of stories like, the, like you know, conversations like that that I've been way more... Um cognizant of what I need to watch for and consider and also a little bit more I don't demanding is not the word just a little bit more asking of my doctor to consider certain things right um they're well informed but sometimes you just have to advocate for certain things also want to let you know about women with medical heart issues support meetup it's a safe casual place to meet and discuss living with heart disease or heart failure uh the message here we are stronger together this happens the first Saturday of every month. So this is coming up just uh, this coming Saturday, the first Saturday of March, 1 to 3 p.m. It takes place at Fort Gary Access Center at room 166. That's on, you mentioned Plaza Drive just earlier and the Toys R Us. That's where this is, not at the Toys R Us, but at the Fort Gary Access <laughs> Center in that same complex. If you have any questions, Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E at heartlife.ca. I want to thank uh, da- uh, uh, Jackie and uh, the good doctor, uh, Dr. Rabinovich uh, Nikitin for uh, joining us on Friday. Thank you. 
And uh, last text on uh, the Jets here before we uh, get the lowdown on snow plowing. Uh, Jets viability discussion. It almost seems like the Jets are in a different league when you hear of the plight in some of the southern U.S. markets. Threats of moving one team with a now that that's that threat. Just to be clear, that hasn't been made with a 9,500 season ticket based whilst another team is rolling merrily along with sub 6,000 fans in attendance. Yet Chris uh, scratching his head along with many other fans of the National Hockey League. Um, Loren, the plows are out? Question mark. Some are asking, should they have been on the roads much earlier? Let's bring on Julie Dooley, communications coordinator with Public Works for the city of Winnipeg. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. So when did operations get underway? We have the plows out now? We have the plows out now, yeah. We were salting uh, overnight to make sure things weren't too slippery, and the plows are out all over the city this morning. We've heard from a bunch of our listeners this morning, Julie. You know, why why didn't this plowing operation begin earlier? What's, what's your answer to that concern? Well, generally speaking, we don't plow a ton when it's still snowing. So we've got crews out now handling things now that it's stopped and they're going to be getting the streets and sidewalks passable for Winnipegers now. So it's nothing to do with the total accumulation. I had some questions as to whether it was that threshold, right? You have to get to five centimetres and the argument was we were well at five centimetres by five or six a.m. And so you wait for the snow to stop? We we got, I got a notification this morning that the plows were out starting uh, around seven that they were going to be out. So... I think it's uh, workflow and crews being ready to go and, and just starting this morning for the rush. All right, Julie, do we have an uh, understanding or a thought of what might happen tomorrow if we see a little bit more snow overnight tonight as <laughs> is forecasted? Well, yeah, I was going to say things seem to be getting wilder by the minute here um, in Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, we'll respond to the snow as it falls. Okay. These are out today tackling all the streets and uh, keeping traction going Um Again, we'll be watching. If more is falling, we'll be plowing. Could be melting this afternoon. Julie, when you say you're watching as the snow falls, I'm just curious, does that mean, like, say if it starts to get heavy at 4 a.m., do you actually have people on standby or already at work waiting to plow just in case, or would they still have to be called in? Yeah, no, we do have crews at the ready when there is snow forecasted. All right, Julie, we appreciate it. We'll be in touch as I'm sure will not surprise you. <laughs> we'll be reaching out <laughs> to find out what's going on. Uh, the, the listeners and the public want to know what's going on. And uh, so we appreciate you uh, letting us or letting them know uh, with a conversation with us. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Julie Dooley, communications coordinator with Public Works. And um, yeah, um, if you want to feel a little better, two text messages uh, in the last five minutes saw a Canada goose. One uh, Jacob says heading north, Inkster Route 90. The other said walking down Pemina Highway, heard the honking of a goose. So mm. uh, who knows what that signifies. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers bringing back another member of last year's West Division Championship team over the weekend. Place kicker Sergio Castillo, uh, who is an amazing guest on Breakfast with the Bombers, by the way. Re-ups with the club for another season. We're going to hear from him this morning, so we'll bring some more of that audio for you throughout uh, sports later today. But then there's word this morning that Rashid Bailey has uh, agreed to sign in Toronto. So there's many changes to the Blue Blommer lineup for 2024, but maybe not as dramatic as we first anticipated. We're joined by the voice of the Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor. Good morning. Good morning. So when we talk about... um, who we are or are not signing. Let's talk about Rashid for a second there. I guess we're not surprised to see him go in many respects. 
No, Kyle Walters had mentioned that that they'd be letting Rashid move on uh, in his availability. It was just after free agency day, so Valentine's Day. Uh, Rashid's a guy. I mean, that's that's a loss in a, in a couple of respects. In that he took less money, significantly less money last year, to stay in in Winnipeg and try to chase a Grey Cup title. And man, he has some plays uh, in each of the last two seasons. He has some plays that were like top five in the Canadian Football League as far as, oh, my goodness, did you see that? Uh, 22, he had that Superman dive into the end zone in the game at uh, at IG Field. And then last year in the game against Calgary, he takes a pass 66 yards and busts through multiple guys and final dive to the end zone for just an incredible touchdown. Uh, a guy who works his butt off every single game. Uh, but just, you know, when you're in salary cap sports, you have to let – you know, heart and soul guys go. And unfortunately this time it's Rashid Bailey and uh, Toronto gets a heck of a pickup. TT. Some people will talk about the, you know, why sign in Vancouver, why sign in Toronto, those two markets in particular due to cost of living. Is there any consideration made for CFL players? Do they get a living allowance that's outside the salary cap or anything like that? Is that allowed? Guys can for sure. Yeah. Guys, guys can get money for housing. Guys can get money for, for a bunch of reasons. You can get money for work. You know, the club can promise you certain sponsorship th- deals that, that you'll get. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys, I mean, Rashid kind of, my mind very clearly showed yeah, money's, money's cool and all, but, uh, one, it gets him a little closer to it, to his home. He's a Philadelphia guy. So, yep. uh, that's a, res- that's in respect. And, and two, like Toronto needed receivers, like Toronto needs American receivers to start for them. So, uh, he goes to a team that had 16 wins last year was the great cup favorite of the East. And, and he probably gets to start right away. Uh, for, you know, if, if Chad Kelly's the quarterback for this coming season for, you know, he stays with, you know, one of the two best quarterbacks in the Canadian football league. So there, there absolutely is ways you can make money a little better for guys, but you know, though it's expensive in Toronto, there are some benefits for, for a guy like Bailey. Now you mentioned Chad Kelly. I wasn't going to ask you about this. Uh, I don't know if you're planning to bring it up on the special tonight with Christian, the blue bomber winter special here on 680 CJOB, but the situation in Toronto with Chad Kelly, what can you tell us? Yeah. Just what's been reported publicly uh, that Kelly and the Argos are being sued for harassment uh, by a a, a woman who was a coach there and uh, with the Argos. And uh, she asserts that, that Kelly harassed her. It's not criminal. It's a civil matter. So she's suing Kelly and the Argos. She lost her job. She, she says because of this, so there's so much to go through the courts. Nothing's been proven as of yet. But, you know, if you I can't say I won't say it that way. Let's let's just say um, it's an incredibly serious matter off the field on the field. It, it could absolutely tilt the entire 2024 CFL season if Kelly could some, for some reason could not play if the Argos, you know, cut ties with, with Chad Kelly. If that were to be a thing that's that's in the future, it would be it would change everything about the East division this coming season. So it's an enormous move. You just, you, you hope that everything gets played out and everybody, I, I these ones are uncomfortable, right? G Mackie, like I, yes. how do you, how do you phrase it properly? And you go, uh, you know what? The, the lawsuit is going to run its course and then the CFL will do its part. And then the Argos will do their part. So yeah, when, uh, when camp rolls around, we probably have a better idea. Uh, of what's what's happening with this lawsuit and what happened in Toronto. DT, just uh, give us the 30-second elevator pitch to join tonight. Uh, What have you got in store? 
Blue Bombers winter special from 7 to 9 with myself and Christian O'Mell. We're going to talk to some of the most interesting Blue Bombers like quarterback Zach Kalaros, who maybe surprisingly found that Brady Oliveira and Dalton Schoen would be joining him back on offense. Willie Jefferson, who for the first time as a bomber, won't be running opposite Jackson Jeffcoat. Jeffcoat has retired and moved on. What does Willie think about that? New defensive coordinator Jordan Younger on what he uh, expects to be, uh, what he's going to be like as a coordinator. Uh, a couple of uh, bombers with big opportunities, thanks to guys that moved on in free agency. We'll hear from Liam Dobson and Jamal Parker. Uh, Doug Brown as well with his thoughts on the, the most interesting signing the bombers did. So it's the Blomber Winter Special from 7 to 9. Myself and Christian O'Mell right here on 680 CJOB. It's a one-word answer. Did Saskatchewan Rough Riders win free agency? Yes. Derek Taylor, voice of the Blue Bombers. I know that cut deep, but I had to ask uh, the tough question. Uh, I know you'll talk about it tonight. Thanks, DT. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks.